1: Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary.
2: What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosks, their online ordering and then just pick up at the store, and then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's
3: always cool.
1: Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases.
0: I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to
2: different strains and to knowledgeable help.
1: Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today.
4: Broncos country is sitting in the south stands drinking the curbs from mile high, the best part of the weekend hugging good time when the orange in every day
3: with
4: the good folks Welcome in to the B-S-M Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. Don't take our word on Elixinol, take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever that's just one of Elixinol's many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase goes to a nonprofit of your choice when you visit elixinol.com to get yours today. Zach, something happened last night. Mm. And it's honestly great news. But it means something interesting. The great news is playoff basketball is coming back to the Mile High City. And I couldn't be more excited. This, this Nuggets team is so exciting. Um, they're so lovable. So many fun characters. And, and if you guys are trying to get into the Nuggets, there's no better place than BSN. And so many of you already subscribe. Go read Harrison and Christian's coverage. Listen to the podcast. You'll fall in love easily. Anyways, the Nuggets are going to the playoffs. The Avalanche went to the playoffs last year. The Colorado Rockies also went to the playoffs last year. Actually, they've been the last two years. You know what that means? Broncos haven't. The Broncos have the longest playoff drought of anyone in Denver. Now, it's only three years. So, that says something good about the current state of Denver sports. But, man, it's really weird to see the most consistent and dominant franchise in the state – be the cellar dweller of the state right now so
2: what's it been 10 or 15 years since they've been in that's what it feels like i mean can you believe they were holding a lombardi trophy just three years ago isn't that wild
4: it'll never get less wild to me no and next year when we say it's four years i'm still gonna say wow it feels like yesterday Yep. it feels like yesterday but it also feels like the whole world <laughs> has flipped upside down since then
2: the three seasons since it, it it's incredible just how long that feels and that's because Broncos aren't used to that Broncos clearly aren't used to not making the plus but really aren't used to back-to-back losing seasons as you know the first time in what four decades that's happened it's just not the Broncos that everyone's used to
4: do you think when John Elway retired obviously we were both in Colorado but I don't think any of us were listening to sports talk radio <laughs> or reading the the local beat writers do you think three, eight, three years after John L.A. retired, everyone was saying the same things? Like, can you believe they were hoisting their second Lombardi mm. Trophy in two years, just three years ago, and now they're here? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Especially with them, with that team, back-to-back Super Bowls. They and, had a plan in place. And, and how, how many Hall of Famers were on the 2015 Super Bowl team? You got Peyton. You Marcus got Vaughn. Mark. Demarcus Ware. Is that obviously we think Chris should get more consideration right now? I just don't think he's going to get that.
4: T.J. Ward, no. Akib, yeah, I think Akib will probably make borderline. It. So a full one, we'll give him uh, as we'll a, call it a half. Okay, so three and a half. I think he'll get in though.
2: Offensive side of the ball, Emmanuel D.T. No, that's probably it. Right, three and a half. So three to four, we'll say. What about on the 98, 99, or 97, 98 teams?
4: Elway, Terrell Davis, Shannon, Shannon Sharp. Sharp.
2: And then uh, S- Steve Atwater, are we giving that to him? I hope so.
4: Yeah. Um, we'll do the same as uh, Akib. Okay, any of the offensive linemen? <sighs> Nalen, uh, I don't think he's getting yeah, in. Yeah, probably not getting in. So I mean, similar though, right? Trying to think if there's someone's going to yell at us that we forgot someone, I feel like. I mean, like. Rod Smith won't make it. No, none of the wide receivers. Um, yeah, there's Romo's gonna be not going to make Mm-mm.
2: it. Wow, I honestly thought
4: we were going to go through and there was going to be almost double mm-hmm. the, the number of Hall of Famers, so, yeah. But I just think, like, looking back on that, with, with a clear mind now, you say, like, how could you have ever expected the Broncos to stay great after losing John Elway, the greatest right. quarterback in franchise history? Right. And I think... Twenty years from now, we'll look back and say, "How did we expect the Broncos to stay great after losing Peyton Manning, and one I, of the top five best quarterbacks of all time?"
2: You're you're exactly right. We're going to look back and say it was only three years, and when you lose uh, you know, one of the best ever, it's going to take time to find his replacement. Whereas right now, it's well, John Elway messed up with Brock Osweiler right after he left, and he messed up with Paxton Lynch right after that, and then he tried to go. Uh, the Trevor Simeon route and the Mark Sanchez route and the Brock Osweiler route again, uh, and then he finally landed on his Joe Flacco. Potentially, maybe it's next year or two more years before they draft someone else, and that's when it is. But in reality, you don't just find great quarterbacks that can lead you to Super Bowls year after year. It it does take time. It just feels like this is forever.
4: Yeah, and and then it's also crazy to think that it took the Broncos 17 years to win a Super Bowl after John L.A. retired. Right. For being the championship
2: organization in
4: town. And in a weird way, it doesn't feel like it was that long. Yeah. Like, it felt like the Broncos were just consistent. They were good. Obviously, they had some down years in there. But it didn't – I'll put it this way. When they won – Super Bowl 50. It didn't feel like, oh, finally they won one again. Yep. It's been so long. Yeah. You
2: know, isn't that right. weird? It, it didn't. And those first, what, those first six or seven years after John retired, there wasn't much drama just in terms of on the field, off the field, pretty, eh, in the organization, pretty uh, steady. And then you have the AFC championship game. And what, that was 2005? Five, yep. And that was drama-filled, obviously. And then, what, a year later, they draft Jay Cutler. And then everything just takes off from there. And the past, over a decade, has just been so entertaining in in whatever way you want to take it. It's unbelievable The, the highs and the lows and how many times ESPN has had to be at the Broncos Facility and, and just getting the national coverage. Is that a result
4: of? I don't know. I think that's the one of the reasons why it doesn't feel like it took that long. It was entertaining almost the entire way, and as much as I love baseball and as much as I love going to Coors Field, when the Rockies are bad, there's no entertainment. It's not entertaining anymore. It just stops mattering. Exactly. That doesn't happen to the Broncos. No. <laughs> and I think that's why the seasons kind of go by fast and the off-seasons are filled with hope and then the season comes again and it's just like rolling. And that's why 17 years without a championship goes by and you don't feel like, wow, thank God we made it through that drought.
2: There's always
4: hope with the Broncos.
2: And there there isn't necessarily with other teams. I mean, just... I guess the Rockies have had hope recently because they've had so much talent. But, man, there's been times when there's been no hope for the Rockies. And same with the Avs. And certainly we know that with the Nuggets, there, there's been seasons of no hope, specifically before the Carmelo days. There's always, always hope with the Broncos.
4: Really, it's really true. And the other thing is, every, everyone, well, this town has, been, has become a football town. And so everyone looks at all these other sports with a football mindset, and it's something that I've really tried to unlearn throughout the last few years. Like the Rockies can lose six in a row, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But people are so used to thinking from things in a football standpoint that they that they feel like losing sick, like ev- like the alarm starts sounding, and, <laughs> and sports radio <laughs> folks are saying like, "Are the Rockies done? Yeah, and is this where it all comes unraveled?" And that's kind of a moot point, but it's, it's funny because everyone, everyone sees everything through the lens of football, and it, it, it creates some weird analysis for all these other teams. Anyways, we had a conversation a couple months ago, and I actually got quite a bit of flack for it. I don't know about you, but people were up in my mentions upset over this. And the question that we were addressing was – Who will be the next? I think it was actually a question we were asked on the podcast. The question was, who will be the next Denver team to win a championship? And our answer then, was your answer the same? as Both of our answers were the Denver Broncos. As we say here today, the Broncos, no team in Denver is more than one year removed from a playoff appearance. (laughs) Or, well, the Nuggets obviously will be as soon as it starts. Right. And the Broncos haven't been there in three years, and in fact, they haven't even made the play, They haven't even been competitive or close the last two years. It's
2: been a thousand
4: days. Has your, has your tune changed at all?
2: I'm. St- I still feel the confidence in the Broncos that I did, but there's been one team that that has shown me that I can trust the organization, and it's probably the last team that a lot of people that have followed Denver sports for a long time would ever say you can trust the organization, and that's the Rockies. Mm. The Rockies, since we had this conversation... They locked up Nolan. They locked up Nolan. They paid him the big bucks. They showed that they will spend the money to win, and not just that, the talent. Ryan, when we had this conversation in January, probably, we knew the Rockies had the talent, but it was, is this talent going to be gone in a year or two? I think the Rockies are, are there. I think they know that if they put a good product on the field, Colorado's going to support them, and that is certainly the case. And so it's a good investment to lock up these guys. So right now, with the talent that's on the Rockies, I got to switch.
3: And I got to go. I
2: got to go. The Colorado Rockies have the best chance at bringing home a championship. And and that says something. When the Nuggets are right now the number two seed.
4: That's a take. (laughs) <laughs> and let me just say, as I said last time, but I'll say it again in case we have new listeners. I so badly hope you were right. <laughs> I so badly hope that. Yeah. Because the Nuggets window, is, or sorry, the Rockies window is very near. We yeah. are in the window. It's now. We are in the window. So if the Rockies are going to win a championship, it's coming in the next three years. But. Or less. <laughs> and so I... And also... I think that this town would react to a Rockies championship equal equal to a Nuggets or to a Broncos Super Bowl.
2: I think so too. Rocktober, there was nothing like it.
4: It was easily the best <laughs> sports memory I have in terms of a prolonged yep. period of time. Yep. Um, so God, I, I so badly hope you're right. The Nuggets. <laughs> ever I know there's a lot of people out there that want to say the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I so badly hope they're right because the Nuggets are also in their window right now. Yep. I can't come off the Broncos. Hmm. And I'll tell you the reason, and, and I hate doing it. I don't even know why we have this conversation. <laughs> I hate doing this. When it comes to the Rockies, there's always something. Even when you think they're – like last year, I yep. thought the roster was like ironclad. And I was like, sweet. They're going to they're gonna have a great chance at winning the division, which they did. And they're going to get a good seed in the playoffs, which they didn't. And this is going to be a, a great year. And then suddenly this insanely overpaid bullpen, well, they they weren't supposed to be overpaid, just like fell apart. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so many moving parts in baseball that I just yeah. can't count on anything. Yeah. There's nothing I can count on except Nolan. Nope. <laughs> and that doesn't get you very far in baseball. So right. it's not that I don't believe in them. It's just that I don't feel comfortable putting my faith in that whole roster where something's not going to fall off. Like, what if starters four and five just suck this year yep. and they just can't fit. Like they can't get the rotation or whatever. I'm going to touch wood on all of that. <laughs> that one. I just, I hope so badly that it's true, but I just, I have such a hard time with the roster. And when you, when you talk
2: about one
4: person in baseball,
2: not being able to do it all, I think, well, in football, there is that position. And I think with well, Joe Flacco, He's, he's not that guy right now. But then I think, well, he has been that guy. It, I can't say that he can't be that guy. Right now, do I think he's a guy that is going to carry any team to a Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. Can he? I, I think if he's put with the right tools and the right system in the right place, he can. And right now, the Broncos are giving him that system that he won the Super Bowl. And they're giving him... They're trying to give him an elite defense and an offense that's just capable. Capable of scoring 10 points in one game when the other team is held to nine. And capable... I believe Joe Flacco can put up a 31-point game against the Chiefs, especially when we talk about the Chiefs having no defense. Um, And it's not going to be the Peyton Manning 2013 offense that gets it done. But Joe Flacco's done it. And so I think... Yes, the 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 Broncos don't have that quarterback right now that's going to do it year in and year out. But they have the quarterback that can do it here and there.
4: I I agree. And in fact, of all the Denver teams, they have the the one guy who's done it. They're the only team in Denver that has a guy who has done it. Yep. I mean, that's a good point. The Avs might have a guy on their roster who won a cup or something. I don't think so though. And not um, not
2: nearly as important
4: of a role. Right. But that 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 has nothing to do with my analysis here. <laughs> um, the Nuggets, again, I I so badly hope I'm wrong. They just came, this team came about in the wrong era. This team could win a championship in a lot of different eras, but wow. not in the super team era. Mm. And again, I hope I'm wrong because you better believe that I'll be texting my buddies in the bay area when the nuggets and warriors meet oh, up in the man. western conference finals oh, saying please. saying you don't want this smoke. These <laughs> nuggets are different. You've never <laughs> seen a team like this. You better believe I'll have the hope. But uh, when I'm when I'm analyzing it, I'm just saying, yeah. Wrong era. Came mm. about at the wrong time and it sucks. Mm, yeah. So again, I'm just worried about those two windows passing because in all reality, this is the best Rockies roster, probably ever. Or the closest they've ever been to, to a complete roster that could actually win a World Series. And the Nuggets the same way. That '07 7 team, if they knew how to inbound the basketball, they might have done it. <laughs> but then i just say, okay, well, if those two windows pass. And, and the Avs, love the Avs. Mm, couldn't even, not even going to make the playoffs this year, which is unfortunate after making it last year. I feel like they can't get those two steps forward put together yeah um so then i'm just like then i'm just back to the drawing board (laughs) and i'm just saying where where's the next team and when i'm back to the drawing board i just i go to the broncos i go to the team who's done it the most who's won at the most consistent level
2: i don't know if people will want to hear this answer but does that mean that the the broncos lock another championship up in the next three years three four years since that's the rockies window that's the Nuggets window right now or are we talking a little further down the line and it's not as much hope for Denver sports fans.
4: That's exactly what I'm saying is there's probably not if it's not the Nuggets or Rockies it's going to be a while. Mm. And hate to say it, like I said I'll say it a million times I hope I'm wrong. But I think that 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 there's a very good chance and no one can even argue with this because Winning championships is, are, is extremely hard and takes a lot of different things going your way. The, the, the chances are that the Nuggets and Rockies don't win a championship in the next three years. That is what the odds would say anywhere. So I'm saying once those windows pass, it's just if I'm picking a team, I'm going to pick the Broncos because eventually I think they'll get it figured out and, and they're the ones who've done it the most. That's
2: a convincing argument and I can't disagree. If we pass this window... Then it is the Broncos, and it will be the Broncos, and I'm very confident in that. I guess I'm just putting all my eggs that the Rockies will pull one
4: off. They'll pull one off in the next three or four years. I feel like the baseball gods owe it to us.
0: <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> this town, if the Rockies get rolling, and even last year they didn't, they like were never consistently good enough to get everyone on board. Yep. I'm talking about leading the division in August and then into you know into early September like if that's happening and and they're consistently winning and not falling apart at the end of games like they did last year and honestly if they would have just not done that last year they would have won the division
2: or just the offense doesn't completely shut down by the time playoffs rolls around
4: well yeah I mean that that that's holy cow but they also shut down for like two week stretches. But again, that's baseball, it happens. <laughs> right. Um, but if they can actually have a lead late into the season, man. This place will go crazy.
2: Man, and if if the Broncos get off to the start that that they've gotten off to the past 3 years, if they're 3 and 1 entering October and the Rockies are going into October, could you imagine this town?
4: Broncos were 6 and 0 the last time the the, uh, mm. the Rockies were in, well, before this last year against the Brewers. When they played the Phillies that year, uh, in two thousand nine, I believe it was. That's when the uh, the Broncos were six and zero under Josh McDaniels. You
2: know what you want? You want the worst thing to happen for Denver sports fans, and that's a game in October where the Rockies are playing on a Sunday afternoon, and the Broncos are also playing, and you don't know which one to choose. You don't know which one to watch because the Broncos are five and one playing, I don't know, some the the Chiefs on a Sunday afternoon, and the Rockies are also in game three of one of their series. Yeah, that'd be crazy. It's
4: it's the worst thing to happen. Well, but when Broncos you think about it, it's great. Well, the Broncos played a Monday night football. No, so the, uh, the Rockies lost game four of the World Series on mm. a Sunday night. And if they had won that, it would have been wow. Monday night football, Broncos-Packers. And uh, overlapping with rocky's Red Sox in the World Series. Wow. Could you imagine? That was the game um you'll probably recall. It went into overtime, and Brett Favre threw an 80 yard touchdown on the first play of overtime. First play. Yep.
2: They did. They Tebow, Demarius,
4: Thomas them. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Before that was even a thing. <laughs> yep. So, with 2007. Yep. So, was Cutler the quarterback then?
2: I think so. Okay. Yep. Just two gunslingers
4: out there. Yep. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that would be the ideal scenario. And again, like I said, if I was picking with my heart, I would say the Nuggets are going to win it right this year. Yep. If I'm trying to be right here, I'll pick the Broncos.
2: Yeah, man. I hope I'm right. Like you said, I hope I'm right.
4: Okay, so we talked about the playoff drought. And it is very, very clear that the Broncos are doing anything and everything they can this offseason to – end the playoff drought so let's talk about that let's grade it are they have they done enough are they on the right path to ending the playoff drought
2: there's no question about it there is no question about it and Ryan let's do two grades here let's do a free agency grade so kind of just looking at the past week and let's also do a bigger picture grade and grading this entire offseason and I guess we'll start with the the just a free agency for me we did this last week on Thursday, and I think I was at a B minus, and you were at a B. Is that right? Sounds right. Since then, they've re-signed Zach Kerr, they've re-signed Jeff Hireman, and they've locked up Bryce Callahan. A minus, A minus. They, I mean, those really it's one move that knocks it up to an A minus, uh, and that's the Bryce Callahan signing, and then Zach Kerr and. Zach Kerr is a cherry on top. Jeff Hireman, uh is interesting, I would say. But the only thing that knocks this down from being an A is just they, they significantly overpaid for Juwan James. And that happens. And that, that, that's okay. Like I said, it doesn't mean it's a bad signing. But you got to factor that in. And an A- minus for free agency, it's a fantastic job.
4: It really is. And I'm going to give it an A. An even A. Yep. Um, you upgraded... Three positions of need significantly. Um, let's just compare. We'll say Kareem Jackson replaced Bradley Roby. That is a huge upgrade in my opinion. Yes. And we'll say that that Bryce Callahan replaced Isaac Yadam on the depth chart. And that's a huge upgrade in my opinion. So you just went from bottom. Honestly, I think you went from bottom tier corner group to top tier corner group. Mm -hmm. that's really impressive Mm -hmm. then you just sprinkle in a significant upgrade at right tackle a young guy who could be the future and then you know the depth pieces that zach was so deeply concerned about we got him baby (laughs) (laughs) not to mention you still have some room to do something we'll see what it is um a punter maybe
2: hey a few punters
4: yeah you could get a couple um it's got to be an a it has to be an a Unless, Zach,
3: Mm. unless
4: you believe a head-scratching report that came from Andy Benoit of Monday Morning Quarterback. And what was that head-scratching report? And I'm ready. I'm sharpening the knives. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear it. This is what he had to say. Privately... Some people close to the Dolphins waited to see who signed Juwan James with some, and by the way, this is him rating Juwan James as the worst signing of free agency. For anyone or the Broncos? Anyone. Woo! Privately, some people who close to the Dolphins waited to see who signed Juwan James with eager, with the same eager anticipation with which you wait to see who sits on the seat with the whoopee cushion. <laughs> uh, 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 First whoopee cushion <laughs> reference since like the late 90s. Uh... They believe a rude surprise awaits that GM. Turns out that GM is John Elway. He won't hear the whoopee cushion until later down the road, but the Dolphins are already laughing. You can understand why Elway made the move. Right tackles are hard to find, and playing with a bad one can significantly hinder your scheme. But the belief by some in Miami is that other teams wouldn't know just how much energy was spent each week game-planning ways to help hide James. He's not quick. This is where it gets really weird. He's not quick or nimble enough to get out in space in the screen game, and he's prone to breakdowns both physical and mental in pass protection. Hmm. That's not what we've seen. And that was my first bit of pause. Is I read that – you know what? You can pull off the he doesn't get the game thing because there's – we can't really – we don't know. We're not in the building. Right. It's kind of like the Kyler Murray thing. Like Charlie Casterly can say that report because there's no way to disprove it. Right. Then you go out and say he's not quick or nimble enough to get out in space in the screen game. That might be his greatest strength. Andre did a full film room in which a category was just about how good he is at getting out in space.
2: Yeah, you're losing me on that one. And that's something we can tell.
4: So that was my first thing where I was like, that's a head scratcher. Um, And and, and when I really started thinking, this is a, a pot shot from someone who worked with this guy who had some issue with him leaving Mm. right yeah and Miami was one of the teams interested John James told us that they were one of the teams interested in bringing him back not to mention the Broncos tried to trade for him last year and they held on to him you know with their with their hands clenched with their knuckles white yep If this guy was just such a liability and you could have gotten a third or second round pick for him last year, why did you not do it? And they paid him last year, too. They paid him a fifth-year option. Yep. So, that gave me pause. But you know what really brought it all around for Uh me? uh what? Who's the Broncos' assistant offensive line coach? Chris Cooper. Where was Chris Cooper last year? Miami. You don't think that if Chris Cooper was sitting up there and John Elway went by and said, hey, what do you think of Juwan James? If Juwan James was such a liability on the offensive line last year that they had to spend the whole week figuring out ways to hide him, you don't think Chris Cooper would have shared that information with John Elway?
2: Yeah, that's the – I mean, everyone says Mike Munchak uh, needed to sign off on Juwan James, and of course he needed to sign off on him. But Chris Cooper – needed to sign off on him because I, Ryan, and I've also heard uh, a, a different report uh, questioning Juwan James kind of off the field, more love for the game, not, not any off field concerns, but shouldn't Chris Cooper know that? I mean, Chris Cooper's working worked with, with him, him? For three years. Yeah. On a daily basis, he knows him inside and out as a player, as a person. That's, that's gotta be the ultimate safety net. And so, if Mike Munchek signs off on him because of his film, and Chris Cooper signs off on him because of everything he knows behind the scenes, you feel good about it.
4: I'll tell you what. I reached out to a source last night and asked, what did Chris Cooper say about Juwan James? You know what they said? What? He was pounding the table mm. for Juwan James. Mm. Not just signing off and saying, yeah, he can work. He said, go get him. You gotta go get him. There you go. So... With all due respect to MMQB and Andy Benoit and you know I'm sure he worked hard on that piece I feel like the natural follow up would have been to reach out to Chris Cooper. Once you got that information from someone close to the Dolphins whether right. it was someone on the staff now or Adam Gase right who you know is probably looking for people to blame for why his <laughs> offense his special offense was so terrible in Miami. Whoever it was, I just feel like the natural follow up would have been to reach out to Chris Cooper, because Chris Cooper, sure, is he going to give you a bit of a slighted, you know, a positive opinion um, towards Juwan James because he's now with the Broncos? Yeah, of course, he's not going to. If he truly, in the weird situation that he's in Denver and Chris Cooper hated him, he's not going to tell you that. Right. But he probably would have had a very strong response to that. He would have said, that's absolute bull. Whoever told you that is out of their mind. I have no idea what they're talking about. And I would say the opposite of that. And then you at least have to think twice before you print it, right? Yeah. So, again, good reporter. Not, mistakes happen. I just think him or an editor or someone... Should have said, hold on, why would the Broncos have brought in Juwan James if Chris Cooper is now on their staff and, and, they, and you know, Chris Cooper would have been part of the group that was sitting there trying to figure out how do we cover up Juwan James this week? Gosh, and could, there's no way you, you, as a team, you just, disre- I guess there is a way.
2: I don't think the Broncos would disregard something that big of a concern when you have that type of resource in the room and especially when that resource is pounding the table. So, yeah, and, and there, there's times where the national media is great. There's also times where you got
4: to turn to the local guys, just like you're doing. On top of that, Chris Cooper, it's not like he was let go in Miami. He chose to come here to Denver. And to me, that might tell you that if you asked Chris Cooper behind the scenes, he would have said, well, our offensive line coach wasn't all that great. Couldn't get him in the right position. Mm. So maybe it was the offensive line coach in Miami. Right because yeah there's a lot of people who would probably have motivation to take a shot on the way out it's such a, a slimy thing to do to bash a player like that once they're gone That's what happens it does so anyways i just had to I, I we started talking about Juwan james and i remembered that and i'm like all right let's let's get the facts straight. <laughs> there's just no way the broncos would have brought him in with the with the null it's not like Unless Chris Cooper's job was to come to Denver and deliver the whoopee cushion,
2: (laughs) I'm pretty sure
4: the the ultimate
2: plan from Miami.
4: Right, I'm pretty sure the Broncos knew exactly who they were getting in Juwan James.
2: Yeah, and from from meeting him last week, he seems like a guy that you want in your building.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's not like like he doesn't seem like a guy you'd want to take a shot at.
2: No, (laughs) no,
4: weird. All right, so we're both given A's. You give a minus for free agency. What about the off season as a whole? And I would say that starts, the very first move of the offseason was firing Vance Joseph. Hey, hey, hey.
2: my grade <laughs> goes up. And it's not just the, the moving on from <laughs> Vance Joseph. It's what you did after that. It's getting your top two candidates. And right now, and this could change once the season starts, this could change next year. Right now, John Elway did a fantastic job identifying head coach candidates. I mean, the guys that didn't finish in the top two still got jobs in other places. Brian Flores, uh, Zach Taylor, and uh, Chuck Pagano is now the defensive coordinator in Chicago. Every single person he interviewed got a high-ranking job, uh, and three out of the five became head coaches. And right now, I love what I've seen from Vic Fangio. I think he really is uh, a perfect fit for this Broncos team, not just on the field and what he brings to this defense and what he can create this defense to be, but what he brings off the field and his type of leadership, the no bull that he's going to bring, the accountability that he's going to bring, um, the death by inches. That's what this team needs because it it has been lax in that building, to say the least, and he's going to straighten that up. And then on top of that, you get your second, uh, your runner up for the head coach in Mike Munchak. And you get the best offensive line coach in the game. And look what's already happened. He's been huge in bringing Juwan James to Denver. Vic Fangio's been huge in bringing Bryce Callahan to the Broncos. So these guys are already
4: helping you. Real quick, just one more thing. Wouldn't Mike Munchak been able to see on film that the Dolphins were (laughs) scheming to, to protect Juwan James and cover him up? Exactly. Wouldn't any football mind be able to see that? especially the best one even Andre would have been able to see that <laughs> not like discounting Andre but when he did the film room he would have said at times the Dolphins looked like they were compensating for his weaknesses by doing x y and z exactly never happened uh anyways I want to go back to when we were covering the coaching search and everyone knows that on the first day we said it was going to be Vic Fangio um then there in the middle, we, we, especially I, fell in love with the idea of Zach Taylor. But I want to keep that in context in the sense of that was thinking along the lines of a rebuild. I was saying, get Zach Taylor, get him a young quarterback, go through the learning curve, go through the bumps in the road together, have an offense that's curated exactly to what this QB wants to do, and then go get it. If... If you had told us before the coaching search, the Broncos are going to do anything and everything they can to make the playoffs this year, I would not have said hire Zach Taylor. I would have said probably hire either Vic Fangio or Mike Munchak. And then if you had said, look, Zach Taylor, you're going to get a hodgepodge coaching staff, the best he can get, et cetera. But Vic Fangio is going to be the head coach. So you're already going to have the best defensive coordinator available as your head coach. And then also, Mike Munchek is going to come in and be his offensive line coach. That would have been an easy decision. Mm-hmm. We would have said, okay, if the goal is to win now, this is the way to do it. Yep. And then if you threw in, also, they're going to get a, an upgrade at quarterback who, if Munchek works his magic on the offensive line, can have a lot of success. Oh, and they're going to go get an offensive coordinator that perfectly fits what Flacco wants to do. And Flacco perfectly fits what the offensive coordinator wants to do. That, again, would have been a pretty easy a pretty easy decision. So, with that in mind, I, I give them an A. A. Right. I also give them an A.
2: And right now, what did we say since the middle of last year? There needs to be a plan. If you're sticking with Vance Joseph, you need to have a plan to get a new quarterback. You need to have a plan uh, to uh, upgrade your offense. There needs to be a plan. Then once it was clear that Vance was on his way out there need to be a plan and not just who you hire but what you do after and Ryan so far it seems like there was a plan and that they're sticking to the plan and that the plan is coming true and it doesn't mean that when John Elway fired Vance at the beginning of this year he said okay here's how it's going to pan out I'm going to get a defensive minded coach and I'm going to get Joe Flacco no John admitted last year or last week that there were a lot of options that they were looking at into quarterback but you know what John knew as part of the plan that he was going to get uh, probably He probably knew he was going to get a veteran quarterback, uh, someone that could win now, maybe, maybe a college quarterback that, that's ready for the NFL now as opposed to being more of a developmental guy, and some guy who fit the style that he wanted. And he knew whether it was Gary Kubiak coaching the offense, whether it was Rich Scangarello, whether it was another Kyle Shanahan uh, d- disciple disciple who whoever it was he knew what the offense was going to look like he knew what the defense was going to look like and now it's coming together and it's really come together with that plan in mind it's come together pretty darn well
4: got to give him you got to give him a round of applause you got to tip your cap and say this was impressive and even starting with the joe flacco move even then the plan wasn't all that clear it was all of the things we just said about the coaching staff, which when you put together the coaching staff, it was pretty impressive. When you add that onto Joe Flacco, you're still saying, okay, what exactly is the plan here? I wrote a whole column about it. I said, mm-hmm. okay, this makes sense if you have a plan. Like The deal was good, but what's your plan? And then the plan comes, to, comes, to, to, comes together in free agency. And suddenly the plan is so clear. And I plan to write a, another column about what that plan is this week, so make sure you stay tuned to bsndenver.com dot com for that. Um, but it's it's the everything adds up. There's nothing that makes you sit there and scratch your head and say, "Why did you do this?" And that that can't always be said. Not only just for the Broncos the last couple of years, but also just for organizations and sports. Like a lot of things don't add up. Why are the Giants trading away their good players and hanging on to Eli Manning. Like, are you rebuilding or are you hanging on to the to – the pa- like, not yeah. everything always adds up. And I truly feel like every single thing the Broncos have done this offseason adds up.
2: And it hasn't added up in the past few years. And that's why you've seen back-to-back losing seasons, 6-10, and
4: 5-11. Absolutely. All right, Zach, let's move on here. Uh, but before we do, I want to tell the listeners about Get Around – If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Getaround is at your service. Getaround is a car sharing app, and you can literally unlock cars near you just using their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation. Getaround's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co backslash bsn and save $15 off your first rental or visit get.co backslash bsn to sign up for free. To rent your car out and start making some money fast. By the way, I told you, I, did I tell you on air that I tested out those little scooters the other day? Uh, no, off air. That was off uh, air? Uh, 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 those things are fun, man. I can't believe I waited so long to do it.
2: And, and you just found one downtown?
4: I, uh, I walked over to Avanti. Mm-hmm. Great little spot oh, here yeah. in Denver. Um, should partner with us. <laughs> um, yes. Walked over there, it was a beautiful Sunday, it was like 50 degrees, mm. and then it was like 1.17 when I left, and it's about like a 20 minute walk up back up to my house, but I needed to be there by
0: 1.30, <laughs> so I was like,
4: oh, I could take an Uber, and then I just saw the scooters, and I was like, now's the time. Boom. It took like four minutes, zoomed up the hill up to my house. I, you always see people
2: doing them with a smile. You never right. see, like, someone mad doing right. one of the scooters.
4: <laughs> Someone's, like, on their commute, just, like, all <laughs> crazy. It's great. It was awesome. I was, like, slaloming through the streets. <laughs> yep. Just mile-wide
2: smile. I mean, what's the next thing, especially for a big city? Uber was, like, the answer because then you don't have to have a car, especially when you're in New York or Chicago and parking is, you know, hundreds of dollars a month and just way too expensive. Now there's scooters, which are so much, I mean, cheaper than Uber, uh, even more convenient if if one's right there for you. What's the next thing?
4: You ready for it? I know oh, exactly uh, what it is. Maybe not. Don't tell it. Just create the idea. Well, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> it's going. It's the hoverboard that you don't even have to control. You just put, you you link up to it on your phone and you tell it where the destination is, mm. and it just hovers you there. Mm. And, and you're standing on. it. So it's you a just, skateboard without the wheels. Right, or maybe I was thinking like a little circle. Okay. And you just stand on the circle, mm. you put in your destination and it just wow. takes you there.
2: What now are we talking just like six inches above the ground or are yeah. we talking it goes above traffic?
4: Um, that seems dangerous. <laughs> From a falling standpoint, it seems like that's a higher risk of death.
2: What if like a an industrial shower curtain comes up around you so that you can't like fall, fall out that sounds scary
4: <laughs> now you're like trapped in this thing and malfunctions <laughs> i'm just thinking it goes it's a, it it goes in the bike lane and just six inches above just hovers man man i love it yeah it's gonna be sick let's bring it all right if any of you are into <laughs> quantum physics i don't even know if that's really what it is. Uh Let us know so we can get working on the hoverboard, the city board.
2: The city board. There you go. That's perfect. All right. Let's get into uh, some questions here. Do you have the first one? First one coming in from Tom3565. He said, heard something about interest in Darren Lee at linebacker for a fifth-round pick on a local radio station. Has anyone heard anything with regards to this? Would it be worthwhile endeavor and give more flexibility for draft picks? What do you think? Well, Darren Lee uh, from the Jets—he was—they uh, apparently out there as a trade possibility when the Jets thought they had Anthony Barr locked up, and then right after they got um, C.J. Mosley. Now I'm not sure if he's still out there uh, with C.J. Mos or with Anthony Barr backing out of the Jets deal. Um, but here's the thing—he's a former first-round pick. There's a lot of talent there. Uh, he's flashed the talent, just hasn't been consistent. If you give Vic Fangio a talented linebacker, I'm confident he's going to be able to turn it around. It's just he was a, in 2016, he was a first-round pick. So is there just so much tape on there where where you, know, you think he's lost it or you, you don't think he has that talent anymore? Then you don't make the move. If, if you think that there's first-round talent there, for a fifth-round pick, don't forget Vic Fangio said he loves to, to take or he's had success taking former top talents on the defensive side that haven't worked out with their first team and turning them into good players with him. So I love the idea.
4: Think about this, man. If they went into the draft having filled all of the biggest holes that we talked about, mm-hmm. they got both corner spots filled. They got linebacker filled. They got a help on the offensive line, specifically right tackle filled. They got quarterback filled. That would be wild mm-hmm. to say, oh, my God, we thought they had six holes and we figured how the heck are they going to fill all of these. And now we're, at, we're on draft day and they have zero. Yep. Now they're still going to have some holes. And I think in that case, you, you would turn to the offensive or defensive line. And say let's go, but also keep in mind that Vic Fangio said they need two inside linebackers, so they still could go there. But man, to go into the draft with no desperation, yeah, at any position, yep, would be crazy. That I mean, we already gave them an A. What are we gonna give them if they get Darren Lee at middle linebacker?
2: And then that's with a, a third, uh, a day three pick. And then you're right; just because you add Darren Lee, doesn't mean you can't go and add one of the Devins um, or, or something like that. I. I really like the idea. I really like the idea because can you get a great player on day three? Yeah, the Broncos have done that many times. They've even gone the eighth round to get great players. But if if, if Vic Fangio says, yes, this is the exact type of guy that I've turned around, then you do it in a heartbeat. and You don't worry about a fifth-round pick. You
4: don't worry about a fourth-round pick. No, because you're saying that now we don't have to use a first-round pick on the position. So you're essentially, not only are you, you're essentially trading a, if you believe that he can be, he's probably not going to be Devin White or Devin Bush. Right. But if you believe he can be a high-level starter, you're essentially trading a fifth-round pick for a first-round pick.
2: And what if what if you get him, and he turns out to be where he was picked, like a mid-20s pick, and Vic Fangio can turn him into that player? What if you also get one of the Devins? What what are they going to be calling this
4: linebacking group? I don't know, I don't know the mile high hitmen or something. (laughs) Um, Just the hitmen Mm. because they lay hits. Yeah, I like it. Mafia thing. I like it. (laughs) All right, uh, I'm going to circle back to one that we missed yesterday. This one comes in from Broncos for Life fifty eight. He says, "New subscriber here. BSN has the best off season coverage of any podcast I've listened to, so I finally decided to take the dive and subscribe annually." Man, that is too cool. Thank you so much, and if there's anyone else out there that's still on the fence, come join us. Yes. You won't regret it. He goes on. First off, I'm blown away by the free agency signings, and I believe the new makeup on defense and a possible first-round pick of either of the Devons could put this D back to dominance. I'd love to see this team function like it did in, 20, it did in, 20, in 2015 with a run first to set up play action and on a top three defensive unit. Let me tell you, my guy, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. As far as the offensive side of the ball, do you see us looking to get a stud TE in the draft, even though we just extended Jeff? I know Flacco loves his tight ends as a comfort blanket under duress. Thanks, guys, and keep up the solid work.
2: And we talked about, let's say they do go get a Darren Lee and they shore that up. Um, here's the thing, though. It's not like this is a perfect team. They just don't have any major glaring needs anymore. And what? what uh, let's go through the positions that, that they could still have a significant upgrade at. Offensive line, uh, tight end, wide receiver, defensive line. Inside linebacker. Safety. That's six positions that they could still heavily upgrade. And so that allows you to not force any of those in the draft, uh, but you can go get it. And one of those positions is tight end. Tight end, uh, I think that's the, maybe not the very bottom of that list, but on the lower end, because I think they probably still have a lot of hope in Jake Butt and a lot of hope for Troy Fumagalli while knowing that they have, a solid starter, at least in their mind, a solid starter. in Jeff Hirman—that's
4: my new dark horse pick. <laughs> mm. Dark horse pick of the day is uh, is tight end in the first. Yeah, Hawkinson, mm. best player at the position.
2: Now, why are you Hawkinson over over uh Fant?
4: Well, he's just a better better all around player. Um, I don't think you're giving up much on the receiving side for much. I mean, a vicious blocker, um, really. Like, Gronk is a good blocker just because of how big he is. Hawkinson is also huge, not Gronk size, A great receiving option. And then also a just ferocious blocker. Um, Someone is going to be really happy they got him. Now, I think it's going to probably end up being someone who feels like they have a more complete roster. But it's kind of like... I think I've used this analogy before, but it's kind of like in the fantasy draft, right? If you jump in the third and get the best tight end on the board, you like don't have to think about tight end ever again. <laughs> and you're just so happy. You're getting like 10 to 15 points out of your tight end every week. Yeah. And you're not like scouring the waiver wire. Like, Oh, Matt LaCosse is starting for the Broncos <laughs> right. this week. Yeah. Um, someone's going to do that and just say, you know what, let's get the best tight end in the draft, get a player who is by far the best at the position. And again, if you're picking at 10, like that, that's kind of rare to be able to get a player that's by far the best at their position, in my opinion. Um, and and then you just move forward. I just feel like the Broncos. I don't know. Maybe they say like this is more. This is really important to Joe Flacco. And we're not only getting a great tight end. We're also increasing the value of our investment in Joe Flacco. That's why I have it as a dark horse. Dark horse does not mean I think they're going to do it. It means I see it as an option.
2: I see what you're doing though. You're picking a new dark horse every day, so that you you called it. Nice draft comes around. I'll
4: just come back to this podcast. I'll say, remember when I said it. And I'll even, I'll take the clip and I'll say, I said it.
2: I'm curious what day you're going to say punter in the first round is your dark horse.
4: Hey, you know, having a guy who can flip the field is an investment in this defense. I was going
2: to say, when you're playing this defensive style of game, you need someone.
4: Um, But... So far, I think my dark horses have been. It started as offensive line, then I moved that into a light horse. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Then we went for was it defensive line? Yep. Okay. And in inside
2: linebacker has also been in there.
4: No, inside linebacker has never been a dark horse. That's the horse that has been the horse. Okay. Um, but I think defensive line was yesterday's dark horse pick. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's moving into a shade of gray, a it's, dark gray. Uh, <laughs>
2: it's only a matter of 24 hours until tight end is now a uh a gray horse
4: uh, a greyhound cur- yeah there you go <laughs> it's currently uh the dark horse pick of the day is <laughs> the tight end
2: can't wait for your dj metcalf take tomorrow no or absolutely. dk sorry
4: yeah no absolutely not do not pick dk metcalf <laughs> i know he has calf and we're talking about dark horse <laughs> but you don't want that man if
2: we're talking athletes though, like like you do when you talk like horses and stuff. Man, he is he's the athlete. He is a literal horse. Yeah, he is. He is the
4: athlete of the draft. Except he can just only run in one direction. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a car without a steering wheel. Mm. What's a Ferrari without a steering wheel?
2: Something that can go fast?
4: Go really fast straight. <laughs> I guess if you're in a straight line race, that helps. Joe Flacco, though, likes to throw it deep. I would legitimately rather have Andy Isabella than DK Metcalf. That's actually tough. DK Metcalf is just a stronger Cortland Sutton. Right. Like if you give Cortland Sutton some HGH and and hook him up <laughs> with <laughs> Lauren Landau a little more, you're gonna just he'll just turn into DK Metcalf. But I don't think it's necessary to be that large. That's a way to put Cortland in his place. Just get someone that's bigger than him. It's that's too now you're getting too big and then like you're moving, Emmanuel into the slot when you could just eh, I don't like it I don't like it No not one bit Isabella All right one more that we skipped over or we just missed yesterday from bad one eighty eight He says Holy blank (laughs) We got Callahan at a great price and now have a top tier secondary once again getting Zach Kerr is huge as well LA giving Fangio the best chance to win and I think it's because Fangio has a vision If you look at the last two years the VJ years. and who we signed in free agency, it just seemed like we lacked a vision, and VJ was just okay with whoever John gave him. Now Fangio is knocking on his door telling him, I want this guy so we can be successful, and he presents that request with confidence. Also, I got my Hall of Fame enshrinement tickets today. I am beyond excited to pump, uh, to cheer on Champ and Pat. Is anyone else from the BSN family going? Would love to run a poll or something to figure out that out. Zach and RK, I'm sure you are going, so it would be cool to meet up with the BSN family Yeah, boy, bad one. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the Hall of Fame plans are yet. Yeah, this is some impressive future thinking, I must say. Next thing you know, we're going to have a fantasy league. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll definitely – BSN will be represented. I can tell you that. And I would absolutely love to do a subscriber meetup because that's one of those ones where I'll be there for multiple days. Mm -hmm. um, And so we can figure out a way to do it. It was so fun when I did it in Arizona. So let's, if you are going, um, at least leave a comment saying you're going so we can start to get a, a feel for how many people, and then we'll we'll move forward on that plan.
2: I didn't really know that there were tickets to the enshrinement itself.
4: Yeah, well, you got to, that's where like all the speeches are done. Right, right.
2: I just didn't really realize it was a ticket thing. I guess that totally makes sense, though.
4: Come on, man. It's the NFL. <laughs> They're going to make money off each and everything they can. It's very true. All right, let's move on to the next one. You got the next one? We, re-
2: we caught up? We're caught up. Next one coming in from Montana Broncos says, I'm buying. After this free agency period, I'm finally buying. Seems Vic has the same impact on attracting free agents, defenders as Manning had attracting free agents from both sides. That's exciting to me because it says that Vic has as strong as a reputation as anyone in coaching and that Elway made a good hire. And I'm definitely in on inside backer. Is it really a toss-up between the Devons? Seems as if a guy six one is a better bet in coverage for tight ends than a guy that than a tight than a Devin that's five eleven. Do you have a preference among the Devons?
4: I'd prefer White, but it really is splitting hairs. Um, it's a couple inches does not make a difference. Here's what
2: it comes down to for me, because I agree Devin White, and I think that's the consensus is, is Devin White. When I say just give me a Devin I'm talking about don't trade up to get Devin White. Um, And I don't believe that Devin Bush and Devin White will be gone by 10. So I don't think it's worth it, especially where you may have to trade in order to get Devin White. A lot of people think Tampa Bay really likes him. uh, So you may have to trade to four to get Devin White. Do not do that. First round picks are for quarterbacks. When when you talk about trading future first round picks, and that's what you'd have to do to get up there. Don't do that. Um, And, Broncos think they have their franchise quarterback, though. Don't, don't, <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't do that. And if they do this move, then they'll certainly be admitting that they think they have their future f- franchise quarterback. Um, but and that's what I mean by splitting hairs. Just whichever one falls to you, which it would be Devin Bush, if one of them's gone, then take him, or or then then that that's your guy.
4: Yep, I agree. Um, it. <laughs> Those inches, really, they just really don't matter. Um, Vic Fangio said, you know, a smaller player, you might notice that on three to four plays a year. Yep. That's not going to affect anything. No. So, um, and, and by the way, covering the tight end is a group effort. Even if you get Devin White, his job is not going to be tight end coverer. He might be uh, tasked with that, and the better you are at it, the more you'll get tasked with it. But... All these guys are going to have a, a responsibility to cover these guys, and, and that includes Bryce Callahan. I know you think, wow, putting a small guy on a tight end, not the best idea. When you wa- Go watch Andre's film room from yesterday. Watch the way this guy defends the shorter routes. Holy cow. I mean, it's, it's Chris Harris Jr. all over it. Uh, Andre used the, the phrase, I absolutely love it, Bryce Callahan is where slants go to die.
3: Hmm.
4: That yeah, was just fantastic writing on his part because it, it, it illustrates the point perfectly. And, of course, he backs it up in the film rooms so beautifully with the film itself. And you see them try to run a slant route. He sticks his hand in there, gets a, you know the ball to pop up. They didn't pick it off. But this this secondary is going to have a lot of options on how to slow down a tight end. And Vic Fangio is going to figure it out. If there's one thing that he's going to do this offseason, it's going to be to figure out how to stop the tight end. Oh, yeah. You, you got to
2: think that's going to be a priority. Ryan, this is very random, but just very weird timing. We were saying how the NFL always is making money off of things. The Pro Football Hall of Fame just put out a tweet and said if you visit the Pro Football Hall of Fame this week, they'll be offering discounted admission.
4: So, if discount. You're in a, if you're NFL? In, uh, unbelievable. What a great deal. <laughs> it's like Bryce Callahan all over again.
2: There you go. <laughs> great value if <laughs> I had a discount. Montana. Or,
4: um oh i just randomly thought of something because you randomly thought of something um andre from brazil not our andre mm. reached out and said that fogo de chão is huge in brazil okay okay um but he said it's also extremely expensive which is the one drawback of Fogo. De Chao. i was gonna
2: say it's same here yeah exactly <laughs> Montana Bronco continued along those same lines and says, Sometimes I forget if I'm listening to a food critic slash water tasting podcast or a Broncos pod. (laughs) Haha, just kidding. Have you mentioned Blake's Lotta Burger? Someone has. I think so. It sounds familiar. They are a chain mostly in New Mexico. Their green chili burger is a must have and I
4: think better than Whataburger. The food in New Mexico is so good. With this being March Madness week, I, I am brought back to my days as a sophomore in college mm. when CU won the Pac-12 tournament and went to New Mexico as, a believe, a 10 seed mm. playing UNLV in the first round at the Pit, which is the name of New Mexico's uh, basketball stadium. Incredible basketball stadium. Mm. It's called the Pit because you walk in and you're on the top level. So That's it's all cool. dug down.
2: It's like Lambo.
4: It has all black ceilings. So it gives it like this kind of like almost like Showtime Lakers yeah, feel. Yeah. Uh, and then of course they do the showtime lighting where everything's in the dark except the, the uh court. Man. Oh one of the one of the, one of the most fun trips of my life to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Who knew? Man and then I, good food. And I also had this queso green chili burger at this place that was so good. I couldn't tell you where it was. But it was incredible. Just
2: stop after queso green chili and anything. Yep. I mean, probably even cereal with queso <laughs> green chili in it.
4: Hey, it's got crunch.
2: <laughs> Have you seen the? Uh, I don't know if this is new, but it's it's getting some uh, social media presence now. The all marshmallows Lucky Charms. That's gross. It is gross. <laughs>
4: it's that is too much of a good thing. You know what though? I've never been a. a fan of the actual cereal in lucky charms like so what if you took that and mixed it with like cheerios the the marshmallows yeah or what's another thing that fruit loops i think fruit loops does something like that too much (laughs) too much fruity sweetness what about like life cereal mm, with marshmallows that'd be killer that would be killer that's
2: that i think that's why they invented that. are you a uh a regular life guy cinnamon life guy cinnamon life is by far the most underrated cereal in history i honestly didn't even know that there was growing up i didn't know there was a like not a cinnamon life so i just thought you i thought like regular was cinnamon and then did you had a have a rude awakening yeah it was like wait Someone, someone like had to mention that I was eating the one that wasn't
4: cinnamon. Was, what are you talking about? It's not cinnamon. Cinnamon life. We just opened Pandora's box. We, <laughs> we haven't done cereal conversations on this on this pod before. Cinnamon life's the most underrated cereal ever. I actually, I I can agree with that. It's probably the best cereal ever, and it doesn't get it doesn't get the <laughs> respect it deserves. But it has a long lifespan. Right, it holds up. I'll, I'll say that my favorite cereal as a kid. Cinnamon toast crunch. Mm. I guess I like cinnamon in the morning.
2: I think I've only had cinnamon toast crunch maybe once.
4: Are you sure you're not lying and you've never had it? I think you just. I, I saw maybe the gears. I saw the gears turning in your head where you're like, "I'm not going to admit I haven't had it." Okay, I I've had it without
2: milk, like just as a, as a snack. But then you're missing out on the cinnamon milk that you get afterwards. That's. It sounds really good. It sounds really good. Maybe may getting some cereal
4: on my way home. This day is crazy. <laughs> we're, we're planning a day where you're going to have Cinnamon Toast Crunch <laughs> for breakfast. I can do that. Hot Pocket for lunch and Cadbury egg for dessert.
2: <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad. Although, I think our friend on Twitter yesterday helped us debunk the Hot Pocket thing. It's just not worth it for me to try. I've been the real winner this whole time.
4: Nope. He admitted that my point was right when I said, <laughs> we're not rating Hot Pockets highly. Mm. we're not saying that they're amazing. We're just saying it's something that you should have had. It's a passage. Right, exactly. It's just something that you need to be able to say, I've had a Hot Pocket. It was good. At what what? I time can guarantee in... you won't say it's bad. It's probably true. At what time in my life do
2: you have to have it by? Not, not in my life, in a person's life. You know, if you're talking to a three-year-old, you're
4: probably not shaming them
2: for never having a Hot Pocket.
4: I mean, this is very late... It, it, in itself, but I would say by the time you leave college, you definitely oh, should have had a hot Oh, cookie. so I'm not too far out of the game. I mean, honestly, I, I was originally going to say 10 years old, hmm. but then I was thinking like, ah, some people, and I'm sure you're one of them, grew up in a household <laughs> where you just weren't served that type of food. And I, I actually was in that same boat. Yeah, but I would, my friend's house, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Pizza rolls, hot pockets, fruit roll-ups, gushers, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, just r- whatever it is. I mean, and when I would go there, you better believe I'm not missing out on any of that stuff. Like, you have a sleepover, you're like, all right, let's have Lunchables, <laughs> let's have hot pockets, let's drink a whole bunch of soda, because when I went home, it was you know, like kashi cereal, <laughs>
2: exactly, exact same way. But my thing was I could only handle one of those each time. You know it's like oh, oh, right. I got I got a, I got to splurge right now.
4: Or else you you'd be the one who's like, oh, I have like a sugar something." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: but man, you did you, you got to stop naming all these new foods. How do you eat your fruit roll-ups? <laughs> or yeah, the fruit by the foot, fruit roll-ups. Oh, no. Yeah. F- What's the difference? <laughs> For, is there a difference?
4: Wait, now I'm confused. <laughs> I think they're the same.
2: Fruit by the foot's the thing that comes in the twist-up thing and you yeah. unwind
4: it. So first, you got to Pinch the end and just whip it as hard as you can. Can you do that? Oh yeah, dead serious. (laughs) Then that actually separates the no uh, way the fruit roll up from the like parchment paper that's in there. (laughs) Then you just take it and kind of just like roll it up a little bit and just take bites out of it. No, no, (laughs) I was afraid. I. You're gonna be like, so I take out a fork and a knife and I slice off little one inch pieces.
2: No, I I just you know, I enjoy it. It takes me it takes me a long time to complete it.
4: <laughs> yeah, this is I could go through probably four by the time you finish one. Man, I so many things I haven't had since I was so little, like cinnamon toast crunch, fruit oh, roll ups. Man, all the good stuff. What about the one that was just cookies? The the cookie crisp, cookie crisp. Never had that. <laughs> Literally, just you're just having cookies for breakfast. What's better, that
2: or marshmallows?
4: What do you, do you mean, better or worse?
2: Uh, either one.
4: Um, I guess the cookies probably have some flour in them. There was like these s'more ones that I had once that had. Um, it was like it was like Captain Crunch <laughs> with chocolate mm. meets lucky charms because it also had the marshmallows in it wow was it captain crunch brand no like, was it that wasn't but that, i'm just telling you that's kind of the, the type of cereal Dang. it was and it had like a little chocolate filling on the inside Dang. of it so good for you oh man
2: that sounds amazing and you like cheerios right
4: <sighs> there are, whatever. Oh, you mentioned cheerios i love honey mm. so i'd actually rather take regular cheerios and put my own honey on it oh wow i didn't know that's a thing oh yeah
2: I also didn't know, just like life, I didn't know there was a difference between regular life and cinnamon. I just thought Cheerios were Honey Nut Cheerios. So that's just the most famous brand of Cheerios. Right. And then it took me probably like 10 times having both of them to be like, why are these ones worse than these other ones? Did you ever have Oreo-Os? That's why I was going to (laughs) bring up the Cheerios is because Oreos, that one you're not, you don't feel as bad as eating like the... Uh, the cookie one because that it looks like a cookie this one you're like it's cereal
4: shaped it can't be that bad it's just a cheerio with some better flavor okay i don't know how we went so far down no idea how did we get to cereal (laughs) from blake's Lotta burger all right i don't know cereal is the new thing that's gonna be it went from hot pockets to burgers now we're on cereal just wait just wait all right, from Bleed Orange Blue, I feel better with the signing of Callahan. Callahan reminds me a lot of Chris Harris, and it helps to still have Chris on the team to give him more tips to become Chris Harris 2.0. Is Chris Harris going to be in on that if he doesn't have a contract?
3: Hmm.
2: not quite sure.
4: He goes on, I still have doubts on offense. I'll have to see for my own eyes if Flacco really has a chip on his shoulder, if that's all talk. I truly believe I, could, I can promise you if he has a chip on his shoulder.
2: I, th- I think him fully committing to Denver in terms of moving his entire family, that shows that he's in it for the long-term. And I don't think Flacco is a guy that is going to be in something for the long-term and not give it as all. It's a a weird thing to talk about when you talk about chip on your shoulder. But what what I'm saying is I think he's in this for the
4: long-term, or he hopes to be. I just say, like, there's nothing else on his mind other than win football games which is the way it should be, but not, it, isn't all, it isn't always that way. He finally says, will, ve- will Elway sign a veteran quarterback? If there is one, which one fits best? We aren't taking any of the first rounders this year.
2: Was it Blake Bortles that signed with the, uh, Rams. With the Rams? Apparently there was some interest between the Broncos and Blake Bortles, although it didn't come close to, to happening.
4: And a lot of people, I feel like we're reading that as Bortles instead of Flacco. Oh, no, 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 no. And I, I didn't have the energy to go out there and fight the good fight. Um, but in my head, I was saying, no, he would have been Flacco's backup. Sean Mannion may not now be available, Ryan. The Flacco. That's what Flacco's backup is called. Um, it, Sean Mannion, it doesn't matter.
2: To me, it, it, it makes so much sense to not it, to, to get a young guy. And whether that's trading for someone you believe in, maybe it's C.J. Beathard, or not C.J. Beathard, uh, Nick Mullins in terms of a young guy or drafting someone later. And my biggest thing with drafting a quarterback is don't draft a quarterback this year unless it's a first-round guy, hoping that he's the future and the answer at your quarterback. I'm totally okay with drafting
4: a guy in hopes that he can be a good backup. And here's the thing with that. You pro- in a perfect world, you never have him be the starter. Yeah. Because Flacco is the franchise quarterback, and you just got your career back up in the fourth round. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's the route I would go down. And, and, hey, if it's Tyree Jackson, and in two years, Flacco really starts to decline, and you feel like he's learned, then maybe you make that move. Right. It's getting... Now, I think Tyree Jackson is wasting a lot of money by not being a pitcher... But and maybe it works out for him in the NFL. Is life. he a baseball player? No, but he should be. Mm, he should be. He should you be. Know he could, I mean, he could probably throw over 100. Oh, yeah.
2: Looks oh, like yeah. he throws a
4: football over 100.
2: Oh, my gosh. He is huge. He is huge. Next one coming in from Rocky21. He says, after his case being dropped, um, Sean Oakman has said that he wants to enter the NFL draft. Do you see him, do you see him being drafted or
4: being picked up? I'll be honest, I don't know enough about his- his scenario i know it i it was a ugly looking thing it, he was part of that whole baylor rape scandal mm. um so I don't know the details of his specific case um so I'm not gonna comment yeah and, <laughs> and j
2: he's a defensive end six nine two hundred and eighty pounds
4: he's an absolute beast he was there was a whole meme about him I'm sure if you click images on Google, you'll see the picture that got memed. He looks like the biggest baddest dude of all time with like the crazy face mask. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, there was this whole meme of like, like McDonald's. We only serve breakfast till nine thirty. Sean Oakman, I want a McGriddle. <laughs> McDonald's. Okay, here you go. Sorry, <laughs> like, stuff like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that face mask, man.
4: Whew! Yeah. So I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Um, if, if 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 his case was dropped, then yes, he will be in the NFL. Oh yeah. I believe that. Oh yeah. I'll tell you that. Alright, let's take a break here, Zach, and when we come back, we'll listen we'll answer the rest of the questions. What's up, guys? Ryan Koenigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48, it's where I watched CU I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap. You name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Course Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Final segment here on a Tuesday. Doesn't it feel like it's later than Tuesday? Is it? Is it? It's definitely Tuesday, right? I think it's Tuesday. <laughs> Jeez. Feels like it should be at least Wednesday. That's the...
2: Beautiful and awful thing about off season, and uh, Ryan, we were talking about this yesterday. These are like the only two weeks of the off season for us.
4: Yeah, except for that one little period in June. Yep. Which yeah, is shortened this year
2: because I don't know if we've said it, but the off season program for the Broncos starts in two weeks from today.
4: That's crazy. That is wild. Right on Zach's birthday. Exactly. Happy birthday, Zach! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Your work has increased. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the questions here. Uh, and this one comes in from Kai Olson. It says, hey, guys, been a subscriber for a while and a listener even longer. Congrats on the 3 Pete. Thank you, Kai. Mm. Okay, there's been one glaring omission from your local food reviews. At Stuffed Burger Bar in RK's favorite city, I've consumed a burger so epic it defies belief. Luckily, Zach has per- personally witnessed me to devour this culinary piece of perfection. Ugh. Oh, wow. That was not the... Uh... <laughs> I don't know if I would call it a, a culinary perfection. Okay. He goes on. Let me preface it by saying that unlike Out-like Outback Steakhouse, stuffed burgers has no rules. And on many fateful afternoons, I have devoured a burger that was, in fact, just right. Does Outback Steakhouse have rules? No, that's their whole thing, is no rules no. just right. Oh. <laughs> but he kind of got that backwards. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Anyways, the burger features onion straws, blue cheese, strawberry jam, garlic aioli, bacon, fried pickle, and two delicate glazed <laughs> donuts standing in for buns. <laughs> 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 he goes on, while initially the half, half- cocked order of an inebriated version of myself it was a better call than when sean payton onside kicked in the super bowl don't knock it till you've tried it the flavor combination was unbelievable
2: all right ryan you said that you would try anything would you try it
4: i feel like this is like russian roulette yeah like i want to (laughs) live but yeah i'd try it
2: i mean it's it's not it's not the the donuts as buns that gets me it's when you it, it's really the blue cheese, and I love blue cheese. <laughs> wow! It lo-
4: knocks it off for you, huh?
2: With with all the other sweet stuff.
4: Well, yeah, blue cheese. It's so it's so strong. It needs a sweetness to counteract yeah.
2: it. and I guess you know when you when you go with the strawberry jam on a cracker and you put the gorgonzola on it, it's a good combo or something like that. Oh yeah, maybe it's a similar.
4: I used to do this one with brie, brie cheese, and then like this walnut syrup oh. type of stuff you drizzle it over the top and the, is a brie melted oh yeah oh there's
2: there's not much better than melted brie cheese so cooked brie cheese you just do the classic with the honey on top and you get the nice baguette to put it on oh my god
4: <laughs> by the way did you see i tagged you on in instagram oh
2: no i didn't look at it i need to this <laughs> it's the uh is it the fogo
4: it's no it's the raclette the the, uh, the, the the cheese where they heat it up they heat up the half wheel of cheese And then slice it down onto your. Oh
2: my gosh! It's uh, Zach's
4: watching it live here.
2: It's uh oh, it's oh here we go, here we go. Oh my
4: gosh, what is this? Just a melted? They take the cheese and they put it almost under like a little like blowtorch, so it melts the top layer. Oh my! And they just slice it off onto your. I've never
2: seen a piece of cheese look like that. Oh yeah. Okay, you would love love my microwave string cheese you would love it i mean it's this just at the convenience of your house (laughs) zach's string cheese surprise the string cheese incident some may say
4: string cheese raclette that's what you should call it (laughs) there we go it sounds fancy what kind of cheese is string cheese Uh, mozzarella white (laughs) I, i don't know i think it is mozzarella cheese yeah I think so, so just call it mozzarella or clut. It'll Dang. sound much. Funnier. There we go.
2: And then you you get to it gets crusty on top too.
4: Yeah. I can't. You'll believe You'll be that's trying a it. <laughs> Anyways, he goes on here. For those with more traditional taste buds, Colorado's busiest independent pizzeria, according to the Pizza Today Hot 100 list, <laughs> oh, wow. is Fort Collins' own Crazy Carl's, whose signature pie north of the border features cream cheese, green chilies, and pepperoni. Well, I've, I've never heard of the town that you're talking about, but <laughs> the pizza sounds great. Have you ever had cream cheese on a pizza?
2: Yes. It's amazing.
4: Why isn't it on every pizza? It
2: is amazing. And this pizza is fantastic.
4: Uh, the cream cheese balls are warm. Oh, they put the cream cheese on top. Yeah. Is this your cheese? The cr- the one I had was in Lawrence, Kansas. So I think okay. I've talked about it before. Okay, they put a thin layer of cream cheese down, then they put the sauce over that, then the cheese on top. Mm, I'd have to try it, but you have to try this one because the
2: the warm cream cheese balls like melt in your mouth. It's the best thing ever.
4: Why can't Crazy Carl's expand out of that hellhole? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would. If it made it to Boulder, you would fall in love. And- Obviously, you guys know. I'm just kidding. Fort Collins is actually a legit town. Um, I'll try it. I'll try it. There we go. I I have to have a like. I'm gonna need a a different reason to go up there. I was
2: gonna say you'll try it. You just won't be there to try it.
4: No, no. uh, Like, there's got to be a good golf course around. God, it has to be one, right?
2: Yeah. Or what about? I mean, it may have to be a few years, but when CU plays CSU.
4: Ah, yes. That's actually not a few years. This year is in Denver. Next year is in Fort Collins.
2: Really? Fort Collins opens it.
4: Yep. And then CU? No. Then they take a break. Really? Do we know how for how long? Uh, yeah. I think they started back up in 2023. Oh, a few years. Yep, couple year break. So your heart's gonna be relieved for a few years. Yeah, a lot of stress <laughs> off my plate. You know, it would be great. So I think the Buffs have won. They won three or four in a row. It's really hard for me to keep track of all these wins. <laughs> If it's three in a row, which seems more realistic, it would be really nice if they just finished 5-0 before that break. <laughs> that would feel really good for those two Wait, years. Do you have to go back to the McIlwain days?
2: Is that the last time Yeah, Bobo's CSU? never beat CU. Yeah.
4: Not a surprise. Just saying. <laughs> Anyways, He goes on. <laughs> Having lived in Little Italy in the South Bronx and been part of a ski team that traveled across Europe's slight flex, <laughs> Big I can flex. <laughs> safely say that Crazy Carl's blows any pizza I've ever had out of the water. Breweries like New Belgian, Odell's, Funworks, and Purpose also make for solid pregames to any meal. Fort Collins. you like sell me on the city right now? <laughs> Fort Collins and Boulder both have good food and good beer. Very true. He goes on. <laughs> I have plenty more complex Broncos questions to discuss, but I've used up my word count discussing food, and I'll simply ask if either of you have any Broncos memories specifically linked to food. Personally, I'll never forget my dad bringing a kindergarten me orange Hostess Snowballs prior to Super Bowl Thirty Two. A Hostess Snowball. That's
2: something I for sure have never had. Uh, (laughs) You're not missing out on anything. Is that like a Twinkie
4: with... Uh, like coconut on the outside you got part of it right okay um but i'm pretty sure it's just like a giant marshmallow ball oh but maybe it is a twink i don't i had one i don't like coconut so i was out real quick (laughs) you couldn't even get a bite in with i got a bite and i was like "Mm, that's not doing it for me (laughs) i don't like why would you want these little like flakes stuck all over your mouth
2: yeah i love coconut i don't
4: (laughs) coconut oil that's the end of the line coconut for me
2: In terms of food and Broncos, boy, since a report came out last year, I try to not associate
4: the two. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Um, My food memory linked to the Broncos revolves around a breakfast sandwich that they served us after one of the games. Oh, my
2: goodness. Can you call it food?
4: No. With all due respect (laughs) to the Broncos, because I think they do make an effort to give us decent food. Yeah. But... (laughs) after one of the games guys it was also midnight yeah so like why breakfast sandwich yeah i think it was a breakfast sandwich there was these sandwiches with the greasiest patty of something and i'm okay with grease yeah but by the time we got to it it already made the bun soggy Mm Mm-hmm. It was already curdling. I've never t- tasted that meat before. I don't know what it was. <laughs> no. It left a coating of, of oil on my mouth that I never want to remember. And it tasted awful. It, it, it was incredible. It, it, it met
2: every single criteria of like terrible. And we're so hungry after those games, especially a late night one like that. I don't think either of us finished it.
4: No, not even (laughs) close. I think I I took one bite. I was like, that was weird. Why did it taste like that? Let me try another bite just to make sure that there wasn't something like making me taste it weird. Second bite. I kid you not, guys. It's probably the worst thing I've ever eaten. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. I can't think of anything else that when I think about it is that it's bad. especially it was what slightly cool because oh. it was a few hours after the game man, yeah. any appetite that anyone has has now been completely <laughs> quelled. I'm telling you, I don't know what it was. It was, it was so bad.
2: It was maybe, maybe, Oh, I don't, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say, maybe it was one of those rodents that run around in the, in the
4: back. <laughs> Where, what was the patty? That's what I'll always wonder.
2: We got to stop thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I
4: also think it was a little undercooked. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyways, that's my food and Broncos memory. I'm trying to think if there's any positive ones.
2: Try to just not associate the two.
4: I drank a lot of mimosas Mm. on Super Bowl 48. (laughs) (laughs) It was not
2: working at the time. Was that before, during, and after? Or did it start really during and after?
4: Before, during... Mm-hmm. mimosas are far too happy of a drink <laughs> to drink too far into that game it's true
2: you you can't be doing something sad with a mimosa
4: and then i um after a few too many cold snacks i was like just not the nicest person to be around <laughs> and um this is food related the next day is an apology to the people i was with <laughs> I made a incredible rack of ribs. Oh man, do dry rub or do a little bit of both? Oh, some dry rub with like some brown sugar in there. Oh, you gotta stop. A little bit of whiskey. (laughs) You gotta
2: stop. Now I'm hungry again. Well, gotta think of the rat sandwich and quell that.
4: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Seth M chimed in and said, as a CSU alum, Crazy Carl's was the best. It was a staple of living in Fort Collins. Are you
2: handling all this CU, CSU talk right now, right? Hey, Ryan?
4: I've got love for anyone who's in this comment section. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, I'm, that pizza sounds incredible. It is. When you said balls <laughs> of cream <laughs> it cheese, is. it <laughs> is really brought it over the top for me.
2: Or sometimes you just go with the cream cheese pizza. Oh, wow. It's It really is.
4: Am- and they have spicy ranch there, too. Next time I make a homemade pizza, you know how mm-hmm. you make the little boblies? Yep. Definitely putting cream cheese on it. It's the easiest thing. Also, burgers with cream cheese. Oh, yeah. Like the classic oh, from yeah. uh, Cherry Cricket. Yep. With the cream cheese and jalapenos. Yep. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. I'm dying. Yeah, me too.
2: Next one coming in from Space Bar. He says, just info. Not needed. Oh, not needed to be read on podcast. Well, it, I
4: think the info is important for the people.
2: It is. It's Brazilian Steakhouse came from... I'll Good like- luck
4: here.
2: <laughs> uh, churrascaria. Eh, not quite.
4: <laughs> what would you go with? Churrascaria.
2: Uh, churrascaria style cooking, predominantly in South America, Brazil, Argentina, and Uruguay. Yeah, no, that was very, that we needed that information yeah, space. I believe
4: to t- truly pronounce it would be Churrascaria.
2: When I saw the word, I
4: tried to pass a comment off. That's to you. my best guess. <laughs> there. Uh, from Bronco Duck, draft hypothetical: If Devin White is off the board at ten, would you prefer the Broncos trade back or draft Devin Bush at ten? If we trade back, Bush could still be available. However, what other positions do you see targeted in this scenario? He could still be available. I think that's a perfect way to
2: put it. If you're trading back, you're not trading back with the intention of drafting Devin Bush. Um, other positions. I think the six that I laid out that we laid out earlier. I could see offensive line. I could see tight end. Mm, dark horse. <laughs> I actually can't see receiver. I, it's a nope. position of need, but I can't see receiver. Defensive line, and inside linebacker. So I guess those are. It's four because I I mentioned safety in the group of six earlier.
4: I don't see that in the first round. Got to agree there. Um, next one here comes in from. I just say just stay at ten. Pick Devin Bush and get a pick top Ed ten Oliver, Pick one of those guys. T.J. Hawkinson. Someone's gonna be a dude is gonna be there. A dude's gonna be. I know there. we've talked about trading back. Yeah, I go back and forth. Today mm-hmm. I'm on a don't trade back day. Mm-hmm.
2: I I have a name for you at inside linebacker for tomorrow. I still gotta collect some little evidence
4: that's going on today. One thing, and, and I was just trying to figure out why did I change my mind. The last time we talked about trading back was before Bryce Callahan,
2: right? When you could pick up one of the three cornerbacks.
4: Right. And that's what I was thinking. Trade back. Get a corner. Someone's going to be there. You don't need a corner anymore. So now don't trade back.
2: Mm. That's why I'm off the trade back trade.
4: Mm. There's only two linebackers. You can get one of them. Is there? What is there? Uh, you want to talk about the Alabama guy?
2: <laughs> Got his pro day going on today. And man, did you see Nick? did you see uh, Bill Belichick at the pro day?
4: Rock it. I think you have the shirt that he's wearing.
2: Yep. Yep. Rocking Alabama. Should John Owe be putting on some Alabama clothes and be drafting an Alabama players just like Saban? I think John or Elway would like... show
4: up there in an Auburn shirt. <laughs> he probably would. That's how much love he has for Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Mac Wilson. First of all, he is not in the same class as those two guys. He's not. If you try to sell nope. me on that, I just know you haven't watched. Nope. I'm not. I'm not trying to sell you on it. Okay. Um, second of all, Two things we know about John Elway in the draft. Not high on inside linebacker, not high on guys from Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that's full fact. If Mac Wilson is a Bronco, someone <laughs> somewhere has possessed John Elway.
2: Vic Fangio. What if, what if that's the middle ground? And man, when I was thinking of this, I didn't think of the Alabama connection. Like I didn't put two into, I know he went to Alabama. I've watched him number 30. I just didn't put that together.
4: Only a two-year starter, so maybe that, that quells some of John Elway's concerns. From what I hear, John Elway just believes the players are overworked at Alabama. Yep. And it's probably true. <laughs> That's why they win so much.
2: Yeah, and, and he wants to draft guys that are going to have a long future in the league. In the second round, though, man, is that a meeting in the middle between Elway and Fangio? You go and get Darren Lee for a fifth-round pick and then you go and and draft Mac Wilson for a second-round pick, and then you get Ed Oliver. I mean, yes, Mac Wilson is not one of those two, and that's why you don't trade back and draft him in the first round. You trade up in the second round, or you just draft him in the second round. Man, could you imagine getting Ed Oliver and a ba- and, and here's the thing about Mac Wilson is, he is he's a high upside guy. Like you said, only started 17 games at Alabama. He's viewed as a high upside guy. He's not the 4-4-1 speed. I think today he clocked in at 4-6. But it seems slow compared to those other guys. But that's still very good speed for an inside linebacker. He's rangy. He can cover. It's, 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 a, it's a middle
4: ground, potentially. I just don't think Mac Wilson is... I'd rather have Darren Lee. What about both? You could have both. Ed Oliver, too. And Ed Oliver.
2: Good luck, good luck Mike Munchak.
4: Seriously. <laughs> um, all right, from Seth M. He chimes back in. I love all the investment into the defense, but I'm still curious of the offensive talent. Assuming Sanders can refor- return to his prior form, he and Lindsey will be the only proven and reliable skill position players. That worries me. I hope Sutton and Hamilton pan out, but last year didn't show too much from them. Also, any word on Jake Butt's recovery? P.S. Ryan, I've never heard of those fast food nicknames. Well, that's because you're up there in Fort Collins. (laughs) Also, one I didn't bring up yesterday, B-dubs. Oh, of course. Of course, B-dubs. Yep. I can't. You kind of sounded like you're being patronizing there. (laughs) No, no, no. B-dubs. Okay.
2: It's uh, Buffalo Wild
4: Wings, right? just making sure. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely heard of that before. Um, Jake Butt. I actually spoke with Jake Butt. Uh, just the other day, and he said his recovery uh, is going pretty well, really good. well, actually. Good. And um, the, is that the the first time on that knee? Yeah, and that was something that he mentioned to me. And he said, "Look, I tore this one. I've already torn this one twice, and he came back from that. He's basically saying this one's going to be fine. Gosh, if it would have been three on the same knee, that would be a lot more concerning. Yeah, um, three is never good, no matter how you slice it.
2: Was it?" Is it Thomas Davis who's had three torn ACLs?
4: Mm-hmm. Don't know which knees, though, yeah, for him. Yeah, and he's been fine. And he's like 100 years old, playing <laughs> for the Chargers this yeah, year. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, So, yeah, his recovery is coming, well, coming along well. He's moving around well. Um, So, good news on that front. In terms of other skill position players, yeah. I mean,
2: unless I don't see a DK Metcalf. I could see a dark horse in, in a tight end. Uh, in terms of adding offensive players in the first round. But Hollywood Brown? Deep threat. This is a deep threat. Maybe we need to talk about that more.
4: That'll be tomorrow's darkness. <laughs>
2: exactly. But that, that's what you're rolling with. You're not going to have a dangerous offense and a dangerous defense. You, you're, they're going full in on the defense to, to hopefully stay above water on the offensive side.
4: From Bucking Broncos, now that free agency is pretty much wrapped up, I have been thinking a lot about the draft. Same with us. Long shot, but I would love to see Denver trade back to the second. Trade back, get the second, Devin, hoping he won't continue to rise up boards. Thinking that the trade back yields a second-round pick, I would want to grab Bradbury and an offensive weapon, probably a wide receiver, uh, but there might be one of the big three tight ends still on the board. My dark horse pick for 10 (laughs) Is tight end. <laughs> wow. You guys have touched on how Flacco loves that position. If Denver really thinks he's the guy, why not go all in? And this would be going all in. I mean, it wouldn't be going all in on Flacco
2: because you're getting a good player, but it would be very much catering your best pick. John Owey's best asset this offseason, like you detailed yesterday, on, on on Flacco's
4: favorite weapon. Plus, you can, can, you can um, finish off the four-man all Big Ten tight end room. Wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, I agree. Would they it's, all be from different schools? Yeah, yeah. Iowa, be. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan. Michigan. Wow. You got. I mean, you got half the conference. Man, that'd be fun. I don't. Only, one of them's not going to make it, though. If that's the case. It's true. Who would that be? That's. Mm, that's Gali? why tight
2: ends shouldn't be a dark horse.
4: Well. I mean, are you really not... If you think a guy's a difference maker, are you really not drafting him because of Troy Fumagalli?
2: No, but with locking up Jeff Hyrman, I think the Broncos are saying, here's our room. I think so, too. But... Is it a light horse already? It's a dark horse. (laughs) Staying as a dark horse. Oh, it's... it's, The other way, it'd have to be even darker dark horse. So dark, you couldn't even see it. It's like a dark pony. It's
4: like a dark horse on a dark night. (laughs) Um... (laughs) If you could get Bradbury in the second, that's a huge win. But it would be. He's a first round player. Exactly. From Karch, what exactly happened to cause Sue Cravens to fall out of favor with the organization? The organization and fans seemed so optimistic about him less than a year ago. And now it seems the Broncos are ready to forget about him. What happened? Can he and will he turn it around? Man, I'll tell you. Uh, A lot of fans, like when I put out the no-fly zone 2.0, some fans were still coming back to me being like, what about Sua Cravens? Like, he should be in this. Wow. You're disrespecting him.
2: Wow. Certainly a different feel coming from the organization as Sua Cravens is going to have a chance to make the team.
4: Period. End of story. Yeah. Um, What happened? A lot of things. Mm -hmm. But I would say the biggest... Issue was lack of. I'm trying to dance around this. Really, uh, 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 lack of uh, uh, like. I can't find the word. I don't know what the word is. He just wasn't. They. I. Vance Joseph specifically did not like the way he acted after during the losing streak. That's the best way I can put it.
2: Right, attitude.
4: Attitude and and. You want guys who who feel a certain way about a losing streak right it didn't feel like they were getting they didn't feel like they were getting that from him right yep i agree that was hard yeah (laughs) Uh, because i don't want to disparage him like i don't want to go after Sue cravens but I, i try to explain that without without taking a shot at him i'll
2: say this i'm i was actually surprised that it moved above the coaching staff You know, with with the new coaching staff, I thought I truly thought he was going to get a near fresh start, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be that.
4: No, it's yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he's on the team. Mm, That is crazy. Really is. And this last one here was from a bad one, but we got to it. He commented on an old podcast, so I think we're done. There we go. Work is done here, just like that. Got any more cereals on your mind?
2: No more cereal. I've listed every single one I could have ever You're talked You a Frosted about. Flakes guy? Oh, I do like Frosted Flakes, yeah. Frosted Flakes. Don't on? they have many varieties now? What's your least favorite cereal? My least favorite cereal? Hmm. I don't know. Is there a bad cereal? I
4: don't really think they're, it's also, hard a good, to they're also good and sugary. Um, exactly. One that I was never uh, in love with was Apple Jacks. Never had Apple Jacks. Jeez. Is it too fruity? I'm not a big fan of artificially flavored apple things. That's very specific. What are some other examples? Like an apple lollipop or something like that. Like it's just, I wouldn't like that. Okay.
2: I would never reach for an apple lollipop. I don't even know if those exist. Oh, except apple lollipops. What are the ones,
4: the caramel apple pops? Oh, those are good. Yeah. <laughs> those are actually fire. Uh, so I take back what I said about apple lollipops. But those don't even taste anything like apple. They're just like caramel and sour. Exactly. Exactly, which is great. Yeah. I don't know. Something about apple jacks, I just I didn't I don't I don't like They have the, the appleness. they have the
2: spots on them, right? Just like the Oreo Os? Yeah, like little red <laughs> yeah. apple spots. Well, <laughs> I'll stay are, away from it. Oh, what about uh, did you ever have grape nuts? Grape nuts, yes. That's like a healthy cereal. They're
4: like just little like rocks.
2: Yes. then they dest- You're like, this is probably going to destroy my teeth. And when you're eating, you're like, yeah, this is destroying my teeth.
4: That's probably pretty low on my list.
2: Because <laughs> I think that's a healthy one, right? I'm pretty
4: sure they sink when you pour them into the milk. <laughs> they do. <laughs> is there anything grape about them? I think it, no, no. There's certainly
2: something like nut about them or like rocks.
4: I think there's an actual thing called a grape nut. And this is somehow a play off of that.
2: Is it a fruit? Let's look it up. Is it a nut?
4: We're dragging the the podcast (laughs) on for no reason. Might as well keep
2: going. Are they little rods or are they dots? I can't remember.
4: So here we go. Grape nuts. (laughs) Uh, I was wrong about there being an actual thing called a grape nut. (laughs) Uh, Grape Nuts is a breakfast cereal developed in 1897 by C.W. Post, a former patient and later competitor of the 19th century breakfast food innovator, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. Breakfast food innovator, of course, Kellogg. You've got Post. That's a famous one, right? Yeah. And then you've got Kellogg's. Um, The cereal was originally prepared by C.W. Post when developing the product. It was a batter that came from the oven as a... As a rigid sheet. He then broke the sheet into pieces and ran them through a coffee grinder to produce the nut sized <laughs> kernels. Wow. Amazing. Despite the name, the cereal contains neither grapes nor nuts. It is made by, with <laughs> wheat and barley. So we're making beer right. or, or cereal? Here? <laughs> Post believed that the glucose, which he called grape sugar, formed in the baking process. This combined with the nutty flavor of the cereal is said to inspire the name. Another explanation uh, originates from employees at Post who claim that the cereal got its name due to a resemblance to grape seeds. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking originally. Right. Or grape nuts. Wait, so is it not actually even healthy? Seems like it's just bran. Why would you eat it then? I don't know, but um, apparently in Canada, they like to use it in cereal. I mean, sorry. <laughs> in ice cream. Yeah, that's. What I was just going to bring that up. I'm looking at pictures.
2: Every third picture is a picture of ice cream. What is the... Wha- I guess
4: just you just get a little, that little hard crunch in your mm, ice cream. Whereas a lot of other things get wilty. Right. Ah. They're, they're so rock solid. <laughs> <laughs> they really hold up inside the ice cream. Man, that's how you can Man, Now tell. you get them cold and frozen. <laughs> and you're literally oh my just God. eating pebbles. And your teeth will break. Speaking of pebbles fruity pebbles or cocoa pebbles
2: um i don't know if i've had either oh my god <laughs> all right the podcast is over we're done
4: we're going home have a great day we'll talk to you tomorrow
3: it's getting down waiting up for you exactly
1: Hey guys, I was just sitting here talking to Lindsay about Total Bev's new app. It's incredible. You can shop 5,000 different wines, 2,000 beers, 3,500 spirits anytime, anywhere. Better yet, you can have Total Beverage shop for you and pick it up inside, prepaid and waiting for you. Wait a second. That is so cool. So, can I still get it delivered if I use the app? Absolutely. I know you guys have heard of their delivery service. Total Beverage will deliver to your house within 90 minutes or less. We can even save you 10 bucks on a purchase of 50 Use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout. What's also amazing, BSN fam? If you can't find an item you want, Total Bev will give you suggestions of similar items on the shelf. Or you can request a special item right from your phone. It really doesn't get much better than that. Remember, use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout to save. That's T-O-T-A-L-L-Y 10.